Hey, hey, lovebirds. Welcome to the For Richer or Poorer podcast. This is Jane, and we are so excited you are here. Happy fall. Today, we are doing an episode with Katie Tangleson over at Katie Tangleson Professional Organizing, and it is going to be so good. I have been inspired by this and have already made so many changes in my home. I cannot wait for you to just get wrapped up in her goodness. So Katie, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about how you became a professional organizer and where this passion came from. Okay, so I actually have a background in exercise science and public health. That's kind of my education, but I come from a family of eight and I'm the oldest girl. I'm the third child, but I'm the oldest girl. And that sort of gave me a lot of opportunity to sort of be aware of what was happening maybe before other children were. So I was, I think, put in charge of a lot of things at a very young age. And one thing that I just remember when I was young is I love to have a clean bedroom. And I feel like that was sort of my escape from like the inherent chaos that comes from having a large family and lots of siblings. But I sort of just found that it was really easy for me to like help plan a large event or weddings or like organize a space. Like I always just felt like that came very easily to me. And then my husband and I had a baby boy and he, my oldest, is very active. And I just started to feel more and more chaotic as he grew up. Like adding another human to my life was a big change for me. (laughs) And then we added another little boy who was also very active and then another little boy who is also very active so yeah (laughs) so I have these three boys who they all started talking early and walking early and like I looked over the other day and found my eight-year-old scaling a telephone pole oh my word I just it just sometimes feels very chaotic here as you can imagine Oh, absolutely. And so kind of slowly, I realized that the space that I was in really affected how I felt throughout the day with my little balls of energy running around. And so the more I was able to sort of like make spaces feel calm and organized and create processes that like fit our lifestyle, I felt like I was able to just really enjoy my children and my husband a lot more with without having to stress about things that aren't necessary to stress about. So as I sort of like put that together, I sort of came to realize that the way that I think about spaces and processes is just very different than a lot of people. And it's actually a skill that can be given to others, you know, to help others. And so I have just helped family and friends for so many years. And I just realized, oh, I can actually like market myself and do this for a living. So that's kind of how it came to be. You know, it's so funny when Jake and I are feeling overwhelmed with life and other things, we look around the house and we've made this comment several times that your space is sometimes a reflection of what's happening on the inside. Yeah. So if I'm feeling really anxious, I notice that my surroundings are more cluttered or more out of place and disorganized. And once we take care of that, we already feel so much better and we haven't even taken care of anything really for the actual problem that we're feeling. With everything you've shared, it puts me right back into my childhood, living with my brother in in our same room 
Uh, we're a few years apart, and we'd like to rearrange our room and just kind of change it up. And the best part of it was when we broke out the rake. And the rake was what I used to make sure the carpet looked perfect. And I loved how nice it was. And I was that kid that just had the hobby of cleaning. And I even put that in one of my school projects that I just like everything being put in its place. That's amazing. I love that. Who rakes their carpet? (laughs) I mean, he is definitely the clean run out of our relationship. Well, that's that's funny what you say, Jane, about sort of your surroundings, because I, I talk about like trigger spaces. So my trigger space is the kitchen. So if the kitchen is a mess, I feel like I'm crumbling inside. Yeah. And so I put a lot of focus on having an organized and clean kitchen. And I feel like the rest of my house, like bombs could be going off. But if the kitchen is straightened up, cleaned, dishes put where they need to be, I feel like I can handle the rest. So with clients, I try to key in on that. Like, what is your trigger space that, you know, when it's organized, you feel calm inside. And for some, it's like their bedroom or, you know, it definitely varies for everyone, but it's interesting to think about and sort of maybe focus on that space first when you're feeling so overwhelmed. Mind blown. That is so accurate. Yeah. Just thinking about our house, it's definitely the living room. 100%. I am all about keeping it clean (laughs) <laughs> and when Peyton is playing with her yeah. toys, I'm like, okay, Peyton, we're done with those ones. We're going to move on to other toys. If you weren't done, <laughs> you are now. Yeah. That's awesome. So going off that, why is organization key to creating a healthy and happy home? On top of, of course, what we've already said. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I believe that our processes, like the way we do things, and also our surroundings really play a big role in the way we feel, kind of like we talked about. So if you think about like a spa, let's say you're going to a spa, they're going to have like low lights, paint colors on the wall are going to be very soothing. You're, you know, you're going to have soothing art, music, maybe the sound of like running water. Everyone's going to be talking quietly. Even the way you check in, like, you know, you get, you drink some tea, you have a hot towel on your neck, like All of that is going to affect your experience at the spa and the way that you feel, which is going to be relaxed, right? Okay, so on the other hand, if you're attending like a concert, you have your bright lights flashing, loud music playing, maybe no seats at all, like everyone has to be standing up. And this can like obviously bring energy and excitement to the concert you're at. So in our homes, if we can have beautiful and organized surroundings, as well as efficient and appropriate processes, we can feel happy and energized, or depending on the space we're talking about, you know, maybe a bedroom, we can feel relaxed. And so we sort of remove all of the unnecessary chaos and stress that distracts us from really getting the most out of our lives and help us live in the present and like enjoy the people that are with us and the hobbies that we have. Yeah, I love that. So If someone is listening and they're like, yes, I want that. Give me that. But I am so overwhelmed and I have no idea where to start because of where my house already is. What what is a good first step? That's a great question because I think sometimes when we don't think this way, it's easy for to feel like sort of all of our life is a mess, you know? I would say the first skill that can be learned um, is 
to learn how to purge or edit. So if you think about it, as a society, we are definitely consumers. We, know, we all know how to bring things into our homes that will presumably make us happy. I have not gone anywhere today, and I have a bunch of mail, a little rock collection, a few big sticks, and like a package that arrived for my son's birthday. So like without leaving anywhere, I have already have things that have been brought into my home that need a place. So we are really good at bringing things into our homes and not so great at learning how to purge and edit and just be really intentional about what lives in our spaces. The first thing to do here is to designate a spot for the things that are going out. I have a box in my front closet and I fill it up easily once a month. Um, And once it's full, out it goes. Um, If you are doing this on a larger scale, like if you're walking around your house or, you know, focusing on a space that really needs to be purged, just be so careful that you don't create more clutter by like insisting that this certain item goes to a certain person or the exact right place. Because in the end, those items will still just continue to live there while you wait to give them to the right person. And you will create more clutter because you have this purge pile that you're so stuck on giving to the right person. So I would say once you have gathered it, like just get it out. And then as you sort of perfect the art of purging, you will find that you will become a lot more intentional about what comes into your home in the first place and the things that you purchase and the things that you want to keep because you're constantly thinking about what you need to clean out of your home. That that would be like the first skill that I think many people could learn that would help them with organizing. Love that idea. Such a great idea. So would this box be like going to Goodwill or to maybe specific people? Is that kind of the idea? I encourage people to just get rid of it. So I think as people are just starting to learn this skill, Wherever you can take it to be donated, like do that. Whatever the fastest way to get it out of your home, you know, make that happen. Um, For me, um, I often, we have a local Facebook group. I actually think they're everywhere, but it's called the Buy Nothing group. And here in Massachusetts, they sort of section it off by where you live. And you can post uh, things you're giving away or ask for things that you need. So if it's something sort of a value, I'll often post it there, but still put it in my purge box. And then if nobody says they want it, I just do one big, like one big donation. Um, Sometimes people find it easier to purge if they have a more meaningful place to put their things. So, you know, if there's like a halfway house for women or um, something like that, people might look at the clothes in their closet and think a little bit differently about what they need to keep. So that can also be a helpful tip. But really the biggest thing is like, especially when you're starting, just get it out of there or else it will continue to live there. And then what's the point, right? Yeah, I absolutely love that. So here's my other question. And this is totally going to help Jake and I. I have no Mm -hmm. problem throwing things away. I am all about it we don't use it. We don't need it. Get it out of here. And maybe it comes from having to clean out my grandparents' homes after they passed away. But you know what? One day, my grandkids are not going to care what this little piece of memorabilia is. 
they're gonna have no idea what it is jake on the other hand will keep every single school id (laughs) race bib anything he will keep it all all of that memorabilia but to me it's the dumbest stuff like i don't get it it's so (laughs) sentimental he's a very big sentimentalist that's for sure do you have any tips for, you know, like when something is very important to one spouse, but maybe not the other, and there's not a huge understanding there? I totally understand. It is so hard. It is so hard for me to not keep those little yeah. sentimental things that I love seeing and looking at and remembering those good times. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, they, they just bring me so much happiness. <laughs> so then I look at them and then I move on. And then it's yeah. like, okay, I really don't like clutter. I just stick it in a drawer and it's done. So this is, this is tricky. Like this is definitely something that can be really hard. Um, I just wrote an Instagram post actually about sentimental items. But the first thing I want to say before I go there is life is about compromise and marriage is totally about compromise. So Jane, I am like you. I would give away our entire house and feel happy inside about that. I have a son, my oldest, who is definitely a saver. He loves to keep every art project, every little birthday trinket. Um, And so we obviously like have to work out a compromise there, right? And so I think the key to this is a couple things. One is just make sure it has a place that it goes. So for him, I have, we call it his special box. Um, And once his special box is full, we dump it out. And I ask him to choose the things that don't mean anything to him anymore. Um, So like a long forgotten birthday party trinket or something. And just keep the things that really are special to him. That like when he looks at them and he holds them, he feels joy. And for me, I would throw away his entire box of special things. But for him, it gives him like a space and it it just, it needs to fit, right? So that can be really helpful. But then also learn to purge sentimental items last. They are definitely the trickiest. And so perfect the art of purging in things that are not as meaningful to you. And then just remember that just remember that your sentimental items are things that you have attached meaning to. It's like your memories, they live in you, not in your things, right? I think we also tend to keep things that can sometimes make us feel sad or like guilty. Like I see this a lot with clothing. Like people will keep clothes that are like, many sizes too small because they like hope to one day fit back in them. And you know what, when you're like having babies and doing that thing, you are a million different sizes in one year. So I don't recommend purging those items, but like, you know, when people see those clothes that don't fit them anymore, they don't, it, that doesn't feel good. Right. And so some of those things that we are keeping actually are sort of creating an emotional response that isn't a happy one. For sure. It's definitely give and take. And so, uh, Jake, you will get one sock drawer that you can put your sentimental items in. 
Um, and they'll be all yours. Just kidding. I'll work on it. I, th- I think the key is just to realize that people are different, right? Like things can be really meaningful to some people. And you really need to figure out compromises to make that work. The other thing that can be helpful is like having less is not the same as having none, right? Like just to have a goal of like, uh, okay, I just want to clear out one of these dresser drawers, you know? Like that's a really great step. And then some of the stuff that we keep, we like keep it in a box, but it's actually usable. I, my grandfather passed away in January and it was Jane, like you said, it was a weird experience to kind of, they just kind of let us go in his house and like find what we wanted from him. And I chose wind chimes that he had hanging up because I thought, you know what? I can hang these up. These are fun, like for my kids to hear. And then when I hear them, like I will think about him, you know, it's like something to use that reminds us of that person rather than having it shoved in a box that we look at like once every five years or something. This is definitely, you know, what you were saying about becoming intentional about what's coming into your home. Yeah. And also, you know, what goes out. So if we are looking at things for the long haul, because I know sometimes I will organize a pantry and it'll look good, but then, you know, three, four weeks later, it's a total disaster again. Yeah. What are some things that for the long haul we can do to keep it the way we want it? Yeah. So we talked about purging. That's definitely a good one. So I would say sort and purge. So you have like things together. So all your socks in the same drawer. (laughs) And then make sure you have a place for everything, literally everything. I don't have a junk drawer because they kind of stress me out, but I do have this teeny tiny little bowl on my counter. It has a lid and that is my place for teeny tiny little things. So throughout my days, I will find like random teeny tiny little screws that like go to a toy when someone was changing a battery and it got lost. Right. And so I'll put it in my bowl of teeny tiny little things. And it is incredible what we find in there when we need it. So if we're looking for something teeny tiny, it is almost always in that bowl. So literally having a place where everything goes, it's not always clean in my house, but the things that are out are easy to put away because there is a designated place for them. The other thing is labeling. Our brains like can't process us trying to put something where it doesn't go if it's labeled. (laughs) So if we label things, that's like huge. So in your pantry, you have a basket for chips and if you label chips like the next time you're putting groceries away it will be really hard to put the chips where like the noodles go or whatever right and then again just like if our spaces are beautiful it's a lot easier to keep things put together Um, and then thinking about the processes because even if you do all those other steps but you don't have a process that works for you that your spaces will eventually become chaotic and then your home won't be efficient and you'll feel stressed out. And that's lame. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. A thousand times yes. <laughs> um, I love that. So what is an example of maybe what a process would look like? Okay, so an example maybe of sort of looking at our processes. I noticed like many homes that our mornings were very stressful to get the kids up and fed and out the door for school. So I started to sort of look at our process and I realized that 
they would get dressed, but not put their socks on because we have hardwood floors. So if we wear socks, it's like more trips to the Instacare than we need. And so I realized they would get dressed, no socks, breakfast, then they'd go back upstairs to brush their teeth and then come back downstairs to get their shoes on and then realize, oh my gosh, we don't have socks if it's winter. So then they'd go back upstairs to get their socks and like never return. And I just realized like if I put our toothbrushes in the kitchen and our socks by our shoes, all of a sudden the morning gets way less stressful. And so sort of thinking about our stressors throughout the day and how we can minimize those can really help develop those processes that keep us organized and calm. That is ingenious. That is really smart. <laughs> yeah. We, we have a three-year-old now, but I definitely want to think about implementing those kind of things when school needs to happen. You need to get out the door quick. Like, yeah, we, we take Peyton to grandma, but. Well, I think even we have a bucket of shoes that you know, some of them are too big or some of them are too small, but she has her favorite shoes that she loves to wear and they might not even be the right size. So something that we've done recently is we take out the shoes that actually fit and we put them next to the front door so we can just tell her to go get her shoes by the door. Perfect. Yes. See, you guys are, you're there, man. You're thinking about your processes. That's great. So switching gears a little bit, we are looking at documents. And for us, we have a thing called an important box. And our important box has literally every piece of paper that we feel is valuable. Of course, passports, birth certificates, marriage license, (laughs) it can go on and on, right? We have a little box that's portable that's like, if this place goes up, I'm grabbing that, I'm grabbing my journals, I'm grabbing these kind of things, like I know where they are. And Peyton, grab her too. That's right. (laughs) I gotta grab my daughter. Um, So thinking of that, what are the best ways to keep financial and personal documents organized and secure? Yeah, so there's really not one right answer for this question. It's going to vary for everyone. But if you use the five tips that I mentioned earlier, that's a really great place to start. We've talked a lot about processes. And so... I try when I work with clients to figure out where their sticking points are in their process. So let's say I have a client who brings the mail in, but it always ends up like piled on the counter. So together we think about where could we set up a paper management system? So like for me, that would be in the kitchen because that is where my paper happens. So we have a like a file hanger on our wall and that is where the mail gets sorted and filed away. So I have categories like urgent to do. So that's like bills or other things that need my like pretty immediate attention. And then I have like a supporting documents folder. So let's say we're like going to a play, you know, I put our tickets in there and then I have like a tax document folder. So when I start getting mail for my taxes that are coming up, I just put everything in there. So when it's tax time, I just grab my folder and I have everything I need. Coupons. And then I have a place where I put medical receipts. And then my very favorite folders ever say to file and to shred. Because I am a busy mom, a busy working mom with three kids. And I do not ever have the time to file the important papers that I need to file or shred the papers I need to shred right away. So I put them in there. 
And then when I have a little minute, I can take those folders to my filing boxes and take care of them. So that is my process and it works well for us and for other people that might not work for them. Right. So just kind of going through those steps and figuring out, you know, like what is, what works for us? Like, what do we need, need to lean into? Like for me, it was like paper is in the kitchen. I'm going to lean into that. And that is where I'm going to have my paper management system and then sort of like go from there. As far as like storing them securely, like having locks on filing cabinets or putting them in a place where people aren't going to be able to like easily access that. For some people, it might be appropriate to have like a home safe or to store stuff in like a bank safe. And then, like you said, my two small filing boxes are portable. So like you, I can just grab them and, you know, out I go. And at least I have the most important documents that will kind of help me restart wherever I need to. So yeah, I would say like key is to have a designated place for like those, you know, birth certificates, marriage license, like those things that really cannot be lost. So something that has been shocking to me as I have helped more clients with identity theft issues is how often or how frequently identity theft happens from people we know. We like to think that identity theft happens by people, you know, on the other side of the world in ski masks um, who are just, you know, playing dirty games on their computer, stealing our information. But a big proportion is by people we know. Yeah. And I have a coworker who shared her experience with me. And for privacy reasons, I'm going to give a generic example. But one of her friends came over to her house for, um, you know, some sort of get together, took some items out of her purse, which she thought were secure in a different room and started making purchases Mm -hmm. on this card. And this friend went so far as to come to her house (laughs) and remove the mail from her mailbox before she would get home and see the statements. And one time she beat her to the mail and found this statement and, Um, That's how it all kind of came to light and unraveled. But really what happens is we have people over. They ask us if they need to use the restroom. We say, yeah, sure. It's on the left. And we don't time them because that's weird. You don't time someone when they're going to the bathroom. And either they go to the bathroom and notice that the office is across the hall and take a pit stop. Or they don't even make it to the bathroom. And they start going through all of those documents that we think are put away but are still maybe sitting on our desk or our dresser. And so it's incredibly important that, you know, we take that um, to shred or that to file folder and get those documents where they need to be, you know, as quickly as possible. We're all busy moms, right? Um, But making sure that if we are disposing of them and they have sensitive information, it actually goes where it needs to and there's even some information that we don't think is sensitive that is you know if you get an advertisement for discover or an advertisement or a reminder for life insurance now they know that you most likely have an account there and they could piece together information and totally find out and screw your life over all right so love this love that we're talking about all of it So something else we've talked about a little bit is keeping things handy for an emergency. So we have a box that we can take with us, you know, if we were traveling by car, 
My stepmom, who's really into emergency preparedness, gave us a suggestion to have a binder that has all those key documents in it. So life insurance, birth certificates, socials, you know, all the really sensitive information that can just go in this binder, that can go in your backpack or maybe your 72-hour kit. Because if you don't have access to a car or roads, or, you know, like in our situation, we have small kids, we may not be able to carry a big box with us. It's still there and you have what you need, but it's incredibly portable. So I thought that was a great suggestion that she mentioned to have your box that has originals, but also have a binder as a backup, just in case you never know what emergency, you know, is going to pop up. Yeah. I think the other thing too, is like inside my portable boxes, I have a folder like you talk about that's like, these are my things, right? So if I really can only choose one, you know, little folder to take, that would be the one. So yeah, exactly. Just having something that really just contains the very necessary things that you need to like restart if you have to, which hopefully that's never the case for anyone. Absolutely. I hope that truly never does happen to anyone. Um, So moving gears a little bit, in preparation for this podcast, I asked those on my Instagram what questions they had for you. And I had one person reach out who said that her spouse loves to hold on to like the promotional flyers and the coupons and doesn't like to get rid of them until the new cycle comes out. And this was particularly frustrating for her. So she asked what suggestions you had to keep those papers organized so that they're not cluttering the house because let's be honest, we all know we get a million promotional pieces of mail every day. Yeah, do you know what? Like having a place for them, like that's what you need. If that's part of your compromise, a place where you can put them, where they are put away until the next cycle comes, that's perfect. Yeah, and just to add, you can opt out of a lot of that mail. In the show notes, I will put the national opt-out phone number as well as website so that you stop getting a lot of those promotional pieces. All right, and one of the other questions was someone who mentioned that they love following like organizers on social media and on Pinterest, and they see all of the beautiful pictures with all the matching containers, and it's all color-coordinated, you know, all the, the good visual things. Um, but all of those containers and things can often add up very quickly. So what are your suggestions for creating a beautiful organized space, but also saving some pennies while we're at it. I hear you on this one. Matching containers can totally be expensive, but I do want to put in a plug for making your spaces beautiful because it's a lot easier to stay organized when you like open your closet and you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. Or your pantry or when spaces are pleasing to our eyes, we like want to keep them that way. And then the other thing is If you purchase the right containers for your space, it's sort of a one-time, like long-lasting purchase that can really make a big difference. And I don't think people realize how much their spaces can affect them like emotionally and mentally. And so, you know, in your budget, if you can like skip takeout once or twice and like make it work, that could be really good for you. (laughs) 
Um, and then there, there are like a few staples of containers that can be re reused easily. So, you know, maybe you purchase them and you need to move or rearrange things like the right product definitely makes a big difference. And so if you can use some of like the staples, then you can transfer them if needed to different spaces. And it, like, if this is where you're stuck, this is where a professional organizer can really help out because they're familiar with products and sort of what the best solution is. But to actually answer the question, <laughs> the biggest goal I would say is to have a, a spot for everything. So there've been times when like a particular cabinet or something was driving me crazy and I just couldn't handle it. So I organized it and I like cut the bottom of cereal boxes off just so I could like have it organized. And then when I had the resources or the time, I went and found like the right product that I needed. So there are tons of do-it-yourself tutorials for like covering boxes with fabric or like reusing jars or certain containers. So that is totally doable. And I think the goal should be just to make sure you have a place for everything. Yep, I love that. And you know what, there's nothing wrong with getting crafty if we want or need to, um, but you're right about things being visually appealing. We have one bookshelf and we have cute little pink boxes that yeah. fill it and it just makes you feel better. Yeah. You're right. You know, looking at something that's visually appealing really makes you want to keep it organized and it's that emotional and mental side of keeping things organized. And it's one of those things you have to experiment with that you don't realize how good it makes you feel yeah. until you actually try it. And it's kind of that missing piece. Yeah. And if you think about it, like, like you said, you love seeing those pictures and spaces on like Pinterest or Instagram or whatever. Like, you know that those make you feel good, right? Because you keep checking it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think until we like, experience it in our own spaces um it's hard to realize how much that really can affect us well this just makes me want to get all sorts of organized yeah thinking about all the different spaces in my house and you know what we want to get done before baby comes Absolutely. and what do I want super organized and looking just so good and I know I'm not the only one who you know has these goals and these spots in their home that they want to fix so Katie how can people reach out and what kind of services do you offer? So I am online at katietangleson.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and my handle is at katietangleson. Or you can shoot me an email at hello at katietangleson.com. So once you learn to spell my last name, you'll totally be set. You can find me anywhere. Perfect. And I will definitely include all of that and the correct spelling in the show notes. <laughs> So people don't great. misspell it, and I totally yeah. get it. My name is spelled with a Y, so I know how it feels to yeah. have your name spelled wrong right. all right. the time. I'm not just a plain Jane. I'm a Jane with a Y. So something that I thought was super cool about your services is that you don't have to actually live in your physical location to have help organizing. Of course, you're going to tell us about your in-home services, but tell us also about your virtual services. Yeah, so I have three sort of um, options for people. One is in-home organizing, and it's all-inclusive. So we haul away your donations and your trash. We 
We do the shopping for you. It's just one and done. We take care of the whole thing. The other option is we call it a DIY plan, a do-it-yourself plan. And we do a virtual consultation where we sort of look at your space and then we sort of communicate back and forth, send pictures. You might give me measurements uh, depending on what the space is. And then I write up a step-by-step plan to help you get organized with product recommendations so that you can just take it step-by-step and go from A to Z all by yourself and have email support along the way. Um, And then the last thing I do is virtual organizing. And there are a few options for this. The first is that if you sort of have a large chunk of time, like a whole day to do your project, we meet in the morning for about an hour virtually, and I kind of get you started. This is after we've, you know, emailed back and forth about your plan and had a virtual consultation. Um, So we start the day off together virtually and um, I get you started. And then all throughout the day, you have access to me if you have questions through chat or email or pop in back on virtually so that if you get stuck, I can kind of help you through that. And then you can continue on your way to an organized space. The other virtual option is to schedule just three separate one-hour consultations, Um, and then you might have a little homework afterwards. And that really works well for people who are busy during the day that don't have one full day to give to their space, but maybe have, you know, a couple evenings a week or something. So something for everyone, something for every budget. I totally love that. It's really cool to know that there are so many options for so many different people. And honestly, I didn't know that was a thing, to be honest. So it's pretty mind blowing. If someone wanted to purchase this as a gift or as a gift card or or as an opportunity to help someone else, is that an option? Absolutely. Yeah. Just reach out to me and we can definitely get a gift certificate out to whoever you're thinking about. I'm also offering listeners 15% off any service that's booked before Halloween. And when you contact me, just mention that you heard about this on this podcast and we'll definitely be so excited to start dreaming about your space and get you booked. Thank you so much, Katie. We are so grateful for your time and for the opportunity we had to share with you today and learn so much. Awesome. Thank you, guys. We also want to say thank you to everyone who is listening. And please know we are putting Katie's information in the show notes below. Be sure to subscribe and to like, to share this um, wonderful podcast with friends. And we can reach out and help as many people as we can. All right. We'll see you guys next week.